Being trained in an effective crisis management system is imperative for minimizing behavioral issues and the need for restraint in schools and treatment facilities. But not all crisis management systems were created equal. If we are going to meet the growing intense behavioral needs of individuals while simultaneously reducing the need for restraints, every leader and policymaker who is involved in areas related to behavioral challenges should understand what a complete crisis management system is comprised of and how to embed one into any setting. For more information, check out crisisintervention.com. There are a lot of well-meaning educational leaders who bring crisis management systems into their school or district, only to find that staff are afraid to use the procedures, use them incorrectly, use them too little, too often, or too late. If you want staff who are confident in their ability to prevent, de-escalate, and physically intervene at the right time, in the right way, then your school needs professional crisis management. Founded in 1981 by a behavior scientist, professional crisis management is the safest, most effective, and humane crisis management solution in the world. For more information, check out crisisintervention.com. All right, welcome to the first episode of the Crisis in Education podcast. My name is Dr. Paul Gavoni, also known as Paulie, and I'm here with my co-host, Drew Carter. Drew, welcome. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Polly. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. So we're, we are very stoked to be uh, uh, together on this podcast. And, uh, you know, we really are have been inspired by a lot of the good people in education and kind of saddened by the struggle that they're experiencing right now. You know, there's a lot of a lot of difficult things going on there. And uh, we're going to get into the purpose of the podcast in just a second. But before we do, I think it's uh, kind of important that, uh, you know, we introduce ourselves, you know, who we are and, uh, you know, why we uh, you know, uh, approached, uh, you know, putting this podcast together. So uh, and let me start. I'm going to start with Drew. Uh, the fact is that Drew and I just started working together over uh, maybe just over a month ago. And I know that this is what I know about Drew. Uh, I know that Drew doesn't like to be on social media much. Right. In fact, when I first got on this video with him, I only saw like the top of his head. I'm like, brother Drew. I gotta, we're gonna have I, people gotta see you, man, because we're gonna make a little trailer of this video. Um, I know that he's even though we, we work for professional crisis management and that's who's sponsoring this show, uh, he's passionate about helping people. Uh, the things that you don't see online is that people call him up for help, and just because they're not purchasing some sort of service or product from PCMA, he extends that help to them because he is a behavior analyst and. You know, he understands, uh, you know, how to navigate certain networks and how to, you know, create environments that bring out the best of people. So that actually, you know, endeared him to me, just knowing that, you know, you never know what sometimes people put like a facade on, but when you hear stuff like that, that's very important. Um, I know he's a father. Uh, I know he's uh, living in a cold area. <laughs> <laughs> I know that he used to have a picture that I asked him to change the, the picture that you're the, the folks will see now. Uh, I called it the prepubescent drew. <laughs> like I'm like, brother, we got to have like the cool beards going on, man. Come on. So that's actually drew does have a nice beard. We've both got some beard game going on here. So we'll let the, I don't know, man, your beard might be tighter than mine, man. I used to pride myself on, it, but you're just looking pretty good, man. 
it's it's all the gray it's, it's all the gray well anyways uh welcome brother you know th- i'm so happy that you joined me on this and maybe you just can tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself like why you came into the field and why you joined pcma so <laughs> I, i've always had that passion to actually help people and um I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly in college, but uh, when I moved to Florida, I, I was introduced to the field of or the science of ABA. And I immediately fell in love, and I started working at adult rehab uh, centers, everything from direct support professional to human resource manager to eventually program director and regional director of a lot of uh, adult rehab centers. Um, I love it. I absolutely just love the science of ABA and how it can actually make improvements, measurable improvements in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people who come armed with their technique for helping people. But the beautiful thing about applied behavior analysis or behavior analysis in general is that it's a real science. It's like gravity. It's everywhere. It's a natural science. People don't understand that. Um, even though it came out of the field of, psych- of psychology, what it is, is natural rooted in natural selection. Uh, it's like physics, chemistry, uh, it just is whether you believe it or not, whether, you know, it, you can debate it or not. It just is even your behavior of debating whether it's a natural science or not is falling under. It can be explained through the science of human behavior. Right. Exactly. Um, so anyway, so uh, Drew, uh, because I just before we got on like Drew, I hate talking about myself. I almost cussed <laughs> there, too. We had to decide whether we were going to cuss in this podcast or not. So we're going to do our best not to say cuss words. Um, but, uh, I said, Drew, can you just go ahead and introduce me from the little that you know about me? Yeah. So like Polly said, uh, I really just met him about a month ago, but I've known of Polly for, for many years, uh, especially down in the Florida scene early in the early two thousands. Um, he is a coach, an MMA coach, a boxing coach. He is a BCBA. Uh, he is a PhD level, um, P, uh, BCBA. Um, he is just fun. And he is energetic and he really cares about helping people. So I was super excited when I realized that I was going to have the opportunity to work with him. So that's where we're at now. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And uh, likewise, I'm excited to be here and I appreciate you. You know, I kind of feel that the whole reason I'm, a, you know, joined the organization is because you and James gave me a big thumbs up. And, uh, you know, I'm here and uh, I know that we're, you know, doing things. We're already making a big difference in the world. And we're going to make a bigger difference. And, you know, which brings me to the point of uh, uh, this podcast and, uh, and, and again, the inspiration about it. Um, I gave a little, you know, nugget at the beginning, but the fact is that education is in crisis. And I, I think it's been at some level of crisis for a long time. Now, Drew, I don't know what your experience has been in education. Um, and if it, you don't have experience in education, that's great too, because you can be like the naysayer or the question and be like, you know, well, what about this? And what about that? And we need that because it can be hard to see things when you're in the middle of it. I spent 20 years in education and I spent them primarily working in title one schools, alternative schools, uh, alternative ed classrooms. And I've seen a lot of tough things out there. And I, I personally think that a lot needs to change like second order change, like, how students are taught, how teachers are taught, you know, what we are teaching, uh, how we're managing performance, uh, you know, you know, how we're assessing it. Um, there's a lot of changes that need to be made. And I could say, well, things are fine. Well, they, if you're in education, listening to this and it's fine in your school, consider yourself lucky because there's high turnover going on in a lot of areas, especially the title one schools, the neighborhoods in high poverty, especially in schools where, uh, there's a lot of behavior problems 
It's not that it's that it's what happens is good people get dropped in these situations, end up in engaging in behavior that produces more of the very things that they don't want. And if they knew better, they would do better, but they just aren't equipped with these. And, and, you know, in the end, this is my personal belief, Drew. Um, if we're going to reduce, you know, improve quality of life, reduce incarceration, reduce poverty, you know, you help people to, you know, live their values. It really, education is one of the most important things, you know, improve our economy. We have to focus in these areas and uh, education should be structured differently. Not There's a lot of money thrown into education. I think there's a lot of wasted money. And uh, if we if we were more judicious with the use of money, like I do believe teachers should be paid more, but I also think they should be trained better. I don't think teachers should be just dropped into the classroom just because they passed some certification exam. You know, teaching is very complex. So I think that, you know, we really want to bring some experts in here, uh, experts that are, you know, school leaders, district leaders, people out of the field and teacher experts as well. You know, we want to, teachers are living this. So we want to get educators in here and talk about what their experiences and what they think that they need. You know, we don't want to be talking at people all the time. We want to find out what they need. So, you know, you know, that was my big inspiration for, you know, coming into uh, decided to focusing on a podcast in education. You know, you know, what inspires you in this area? For probably the last 10 years, I've traveled all around the country and uh, I've done a lot of training with educators when it comes to crisis management um, and prevention. Um, what inspires me is I hear the same problems come up from paraprofessionals, special ed directors, superintendents. I hear it all across the country from California to Maine. And it's frustrating to me that there, there could probably be some easy solutions to some of this, a little bit more training uh, um, and not some, and a not very difficult, sophisticated training, but a little bit more training could stop a lot of the crises that, that occur in education, at least from a behavioral standpoint and a classroom management standpoint. What, what kind of problems, what are the patterns of the problems that you're hearing out there, brother? Um, people aren't sure, parents and educators aren't exactly sure what they're supposed to do when someone goes into a behavioral crisis. Um, and it leads to a lot of confusion and uh, a loss of morale from staff because they always think they're going to be getting in trouble. Um, it's lack of clarity from policies that administrators have when it comes to uh, crisis behavioral crises in school. So uh, that's what motivates me. That's the, some of the problems that I see. Do you, do you have do you have children in school? I do. I do. I have a 16 year old daughter and a 13 year old son. And how how school been for them? Um, not bad. They're back full time, not going virtual anymore. But yeah, no, they're, they're good. They're, they're decent students. They're better than I ever was. Yeah, that, that's another <laughs> crisis in itself, right? Crisis within a crisis here. Right. Um, I mean, the kids having to stay home and right. throw them back into situations. So I don't know. It's a struggle out there. I know that there, there are solutions. It's the one thing about our science, right? It doesn't give you the answers, um, but it does provide us a methodology to determine the solutions. And I think, you know, I'm looking forward to having these guests on here because with the right questions, right, with the, we can find some together, find some solutions. And who knows, you know, who knows what we'll come up with? Who knows the type of people that we're going to have on here? Who knows what policymaker might be listening? What school the district leader might be listening? What what school leader? Because some of the changes, although we talk about them being second order, which are major changes, but there are things right now that it can occur that can make a difference. For example, we were just speaking off air about positive relationships 
and how that simple thing, the simple act of just developing a relationship and maintaining it can have such an amazing impact on morale, retention, behavior, adult performance, right? And I don't just mean the student relationship, right? The school leader with the teacher, the district leader with the school leader, the policymakers with those people. There's a chain of behaviors that need to occur here. And that simple act of developing and maintaining positive relationships and not using coercion to drive behavior could make a huge difference. And it could happen right now. It doesn't require any money. It doesn't require a lot of effort. It just requires a change in perspective and, and then, of course, behavior. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, people, just so you know, the podcast will be uh, released every two weeks um, and uh, we'll be putting together a little trailer, a two, three minute trailer. I hope you guys can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Professional Crisis Management Association. And uh, yeah. And uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and you are having crisis in your schools or you want to, you're having increased behavioral issues, make sure you check out crisisintervention.com. Um, you know, we're certainly not going to be just plugging, you know, the, the, the company all the time. Uh, but, you know, we'll be interviewing educators and making a difference. But we really believe in what we are bringing to the table because it is rooted in applied behavior analysis. And we both truly want to make a difference in the world especially in education. So any final words, Drew, for our first episode? No, I'm just, uh, I'm excited to do this. I uh, can't wait to see the guests that we're going to have and uh, learn something. All right. All right. Thanks all. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Traditionally, many crisis management systems have taken a what's wrong with you approach that begins as a person escalates when addressing behavioral issues. PCM, as a trauma-informed approach rooted in applied behavior analysis, shifts this perspective from what's wrong with you to what happened to you by having a complete picture of a person's situation in life, past and present. This approach is fundamental to applied behavior analysis and therefore PCM as it seeks to determine the root causes of behavior based on both the current environment and the individual's history as a means of individualizing education, treatment, and support. For more about PCM, check out crisisintervention.com.